Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast. My name is Angela Gennari, and today I am sitting here with Amanda Bear. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So I'm super excited to introduce Amanda to you guys because she is just a badass, and y'all know I love badass women. So Amanda Bear is a senior security specialist in insider threat investigations. Amanda has recently joined the private sector after spending over nine years in law enforcement, where she worked from a local level up to a federal level, joint task force with the ATF. She has worked on cases ranging from anti-corruption and gangs to domestic violence and homicides. Amanda holds several specialized qualifications, including defense tactics and firearms instructor, which makes her one of a few, the few females in the U.S. holding both certifications. She was the first female to go out for the North Metro SWAT team. She was recently been inducted as the treasurer for ACES Atlanta, and Amanda continues to be a reserve police officer so she can continue to help improve her community and those around her. And I know she's also a huge fan of fitness and just defense and everything, just <laughs> badass. So <laughs> thank you <laughs> so much. So, and I got to tell you guys, I actually met Amanda because a gentleman that is a mutual friend of ours said, you have got to meet this woman. She she is so awesome and she needs to be on your podcast and I could not agree more. So I love it when men are the ones who make the introductions because that's how much you stand out to them. Yeah, so. it was, uh, that was an interesting, how it came about. And, right, right. Yeah, and he's been nothing but, um, you know, very supportive and, yeah. and kind of got me into the door with security and, and yeah. the corporate setting and. Very it's cool. Been nothing but amazing things. Since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, we're fortunate to be part of a, a group of security specialists who really, truly are top notch. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everyone that's kind of in our circle of, you know, uh, people that we know, colleagues, they're, they're really, truly looking out for the best for our communities and each other. Yeah. So thankfully, I'm very, very happy about that. So let's talk a little bit about why you decided to go into law enforcement. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a crazy, well, I don't know about crazy, but kind of a interesting route that I took. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my background is in biotechnology. Okay. And um, that's what I started. You know, I obviously, my family was, oh, you're going to be a doctor. Right. You know, you, you have to go the pre-med route. Mm. And I did like science a lot. Um, I still yeah. do. I love it. Um, and But I think that I like Law enforcement and science are very similar in the fact that there is facts. Things right. are factual-based, right? And there's evidence, and then you can prove your theory or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it is that you're investigating, right? Right. So there is still that correlation there. Um, I really fell in love with forensics Yeah. Um, while I was studying, and so got into biotechnology, you know, lived through 9-11. Mm -hmm. um, so that always resounded within myself and, mm -hmm. and wanting to help people. So my mom is a teacher and yeah. my dad, um, they met actually when, when he was in EMS. Oh, so cool. it, that is my background. Like we want to help people. I come yeah. kind of from that. So, um, 
I loved what I was doing, but I felt like I still needed to do more. Mm -hmm. So eventually I got out. I decided I had a a few friends (laughs) that were within the police force. Yeah, yeah. Their stories (laughs) were great. So (laughs) I just really was like, okay, well, I really, truly enjoy trying to figure out, you know, why did things occur? Yeah. And then on top of it, I really like the physical aspect of it. Uh-huh. Um, I do like to to run and gun, as I say. Uh-huh. And so, <laughs> and it was a little bit of a challenge. So I decided, okay, well, now's the time. You know, mm-hmm. I so I I went for it, and um, that's how I got into it. Awesome. <laughs> okay, very cool. So then you got you got into law enforcement, and then that led you down into investigations. So yes. that I guess was that that curiosity that you always had yes. on solving things, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> and so when you get into the investigation side, what are the challenges that you're facing as a woman in this role of you know? Kind of male-dominated law enforcement. Yeah, there's there's a lot of challenges um, being a female and within the industry itself. But more than anything, I think with investigations, especially what type of investigations you're doing, mm-hmm. sometimes they think that you cannot relate. Right. So in order to get them to talk or um, to open up to you may not be the easiest, especially, you know, what demographic are you also? I mean, right, so, yeah. Um, you know, I always try to go out if I knew that maybe something that would come up um, mm-hmm. where they couldn't potentially relate to me or, yeah. you know, or um, and whatnot. So I would get somebody else, like one of my coworkers to go with me for, yeah. you know, if it, maybe they could relate to them, you know. So it, you just have to take a lot of different things into account. And, right. Yeah. So there's hurdles. Um, but you try to be relatable. You try right. to be um, – Put yourself in their shoes. And maybe you can't. And that's okay. Right. Do you feel like women and men do the investigations differently? Or do you think there's a set protocol that you follow all the time? Um, hmm. I think that there's – we all want the end, the same end goal. Right. I think how we go about it can be different, mm-hmm. though. And yeah. we do think a little bit differently. But right. also um, – like I, from my own personal experiences, I can draw upon those. Yeah. And I think that I may have more at times mm-hmm. just because of being a female in law enforcement. You know, sometimes you see and hear things differently um, and experience things differently than a male would. So sometimes you can relate, especially within yeah. maybe like domestic violence, you know. Right. Um, you can relate to the women a little bit better, you yeah. know. And so – uh, you just have to kind of play it by ear and, mm-hmm. and see what case is going to take, you know, a certain expertise. Yeah. So we had talked briefly prior to the podcast about, you know, interviewing victims and how hard that was because I was saying that, you know, I don't know how I would do sitting in a room with somebody that I know did some pretty awful things, especially Mm -hmm. to women or children. And so, you know, I don't know that I'd be the best fit for law enforcement. (laughs) But (laughs) you may be a great one. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's, you know, I, I, I understand, you know, it's it's really about the victim. You know, it's yeah. about getting them justice and it's about, you know, doing right on, on their behalf. And you were talking about one of the most challenging parts of it is making them live through it again as the investigation is happening. So talk about that a little bit. 
Yeah. So unfortunately with our um, our system, our court systems right now, especially mm-hmm. because of the pandemic, all the cases are, are backlogged. Yeah. And that plays a little bit into the account of, you know, how fast the system, the DA is moving along with some of the cases and stuff like that. Right. And there's a lot of things that go into, into that. But ultimately – Unfortunately, it ends up hurting the victims themselves because it takes years to prosecute these cases. Yeah. And because of that, you have to dredge up all of these old feelings, all of the, you know, you have Mm. to re-interview everybody. And it just becomes such a process that you can see the inner turmoil. You can see that they are having to go back through the past where they may have already gotten, you know, help and counseling and, Mm. and gotten on, you know, with their lives and they're having to interview, and then on top of it, it may get stalled another couple months. Yeah. And then another attorney and another investigator may come on the case, and so mm-hmm. then they have to re-interview them again. Wow. And so it just becomes this long, tedious process that, it, unfortunately, it's horrible for the victim itself. And yeah. that, to me, is the worst part of the entire process. Right. Wow. So <clears throat> this is related and unrelated at the same time, but I'm going to say it anyway. So I'm reading this book right now, well, Audible, because I'm eight, you know, can't, can't pay attention enough to read a book. But um, I'm listening to this Audible, Silva Mind Control. Have you ever heard of this? Yes. Okay. So I'm big into meditation and, and I'm reading this mind control book. And it's not about like ESP and, you know, predicting the future okay. like people think. What it is, it's about it's about putting yourself in a situation in your mind that seems so real, right? So it's envisioning like, if I got this contract, if I, how would it feel? What would you think? Where would you be? What would you, what are the senses around you, right? And so it's really about putting your mind into it. So you are living the moment before you've lived the moment, right? So it's, it's crazy. I know. But, um, but what I'm thinking, I know. (laughs) Oh, trust me. I'm listening to it at the gym and People are probably like, what is she doing? Because I'll stop and I'll take some notes. <laughs> so dorky. Well, you've already gotten me into the meditating <laughs> right, app. I know. So <laughs> I might so, have to get into this too. <laughs> I'm teaching you all about meditation and mind control. Um, so, <laughs> I feel like but, <laughs> this is like the, the doctor. Like. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm thinking about this and, and it's like when you're, when you're interviewing these victims, you know, it's like they've lived through this. And one thing about mind control is you can change the way you think of a situation. And that's what's so crazy about um, victims reliving their their circumstances, their trauma, because you can change in your mind how it happened. Like if you think about like people who, who gave birth, right? So you think about, you know, I gave birth and in the moment you're like, this fucking hearts. Right? Like, I'm never doing this, this is again. why I'm not doing that. <laughs> but, but at the same time, when you remember it back, you're like, it was beautiful. It was so Isn't meaningful. Isn't that like the two-year so thing where every two years everyone's yeah. like, well, I don't really... It like, wasn't I don't really that remember. Bad. Yeah, let's have another one. Yeah. So, you know, but it's the same thing. You, the way you remember it is how your, your mind protects you, right? Yes. So yeah. your mind protects you. It wasn't as bad as what it was when you were going through it. Yeah. And, and so that's one thing that I'm wondering, you know, with interview after interview after interview, does it change? You know, like, do people remember it as it wasn't that bad because your mind protects you? Your, your, mm-hmm. your, your brain is protecting you 
you from those memories. And so, you know, I imagine the first interview is very traumatic. And then the second interview is, you know, they've, they've covered some of that up. They've healed. They've gotten through it. It wasn't as bad. And then the more interviews that go, I imagine that might be something where it becomes harder to prosecute the longer it goes. Yes. Yeah, so that is why a lot of, um, and that was a huge diversion. From no, no. It, well, that's why, no, the, D, yeah. the DV stuff is so, it, it, it's, we have so many though that have a late outcry. Oh yeah. Because they do that, that mm-hmm. same thing where it, you know, especially if they're younger, you know, that they want to protect that the mind wants to protect itself right. from the harm and the damage you know, that, yeah. they, that occurred. So they will have a very late outcry. So yeah. it might be years later wow. that they will, you know, and then when the family members or whomever they're close to looks back, they say, oh, I I see now they can pinpoint when their behavior started to change mm. because of this incident or incidents, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they didn't know why they didn't know what was going on. But when they say, you know, when when they finally whoever comes forward says, hey, this happened to me, they can actually usually pinpoint and say, oh. That makes so much sense. All of these things kind of came together. Wow. You know, whoever the the perpetrator was, you know, whoever was that inflicted this, uh-huh. you know, maybe they can they have their own experience like, oh, well, they were doing this or they were doing, you know, and then mm-hmm. it just all makes sense. But they do have a late outcry. But then when you do start to interview them, they sometimes either they start to remember little things at a time and more and more as you go along. Right. Um, or... You know, you'll interview them. You won't come back into the interview for like another two years because the case has, you know, stalled out. Yeah. And then they'll they'll say, oh, that that didn't happen or this happened or and Mm. it will change. So those cases are so hard. It's typically um, because it is a delayed outcry. It's a he said, she said case. Mm-hmm. And so it's just – but the mind is crazy. It, it is. is. It's very insane. It's crazy. Well, just like when, when they're interviewing witnesses, they're very easily influenced, right? Like if I say, you know, I saw a man in a green jacket run by. He had brown hair. He had blue mm-hmm. eyes. And they're like, wait, are you sure it wasn't – a blue jacket mm-hmm. and green eyes and you're like oh wait was it mm-hmm. and then your mind doesn't know right yes. and so you you start questioning yourself and yes. and all of a sudden you you doubt it and yeah. that's how witness statements get so and that is funny that you said that because a lot of um you know federal agencies mm-hmm. um, I know I know the GBI does it where in order to get into the GBI, there is a test yeah. and you have to go through it and they they flash it up there as a scenario and you have to jot down all these different, you know, characteristics or, you know, whatever that you feel like you visualized. Yep. Um, and then you have to turn that in and then and you'll second, you're like, well, was there a guy in a green jacket or a or was there a blue pin in the, in yeah. the picture? And yeah. so they do that just to get into, you know, agencies as yeah. well, because, you know, they they want to make sure that you're you're heightened alert, you know, I guess, on, mm-hmm. on all that kind of stuff going in. So, you know, <laughs> as, as you know, I own a security company. Right. So with our security training, we actually do that. We actually do a situational awareness test. OK. And we'll flash up a, a cartoon photo or a photo of a, yeah. an accident scene and we'll give them 30 seconds. Look at the accident scene and then we'll go. We'll 
you know, turn it off and then we'll say, okay, how many people were involved? Was, you know, female or male? What were the ages? What was the color of the car? And it's crazy because we usually do this in a group setting and it's dangerous because the moment somebody says, you know, I think there was two guys and a girl and they're like, nope, it was, no, it was three guys. Oh yeah, it was three guys. You're like, okay. You know, it's like there's, they influence each other and they convince each other what, what they saw. And, you know, the first person might've been dead accurate, but they'll question themselves, you know, and so we do the same thing with our security guards because situational awareness is so important, right? And, and we don't know it until you need it, right? Yes. And so, like, we walk around half blind oh, yes. so often and we really don't take in what's around us yes. unless we're trained to do that. And that's what – so I train jiu-jitsu and yeah. that's one thing I love is that um, it, it – with – especially the kids that are taking classes and yeah, stuff, yeah. they catch on to it so fast. Well, they catch on to everything fast. You know, I see little yeah. kids going down ski slopes with like no poles. I'm like, yeah, I'm, it's crazy. I'm not fear- fearless yeah. like that anymore. <laughs> but um, we teach, you know, we do women's self-defense classes on yeah. Saturdays, but we teach that really something martial arts, something that you have to make sure you're aware of your surroundings, what's going on next to you. Mm-hmm. But I always say 540 degrees. Like, I always teach that in my classes, 540 degrees. And people are like, well, what's that? I'm yeah. Because like, you might be looking ahead of you. Most people are looking down at their phones. <laughs> right. Which is terrible. It is horrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. Or they're looking, you know, or, you know, they understand to look behind them. Mm-hmm. You know, when maybe when they're walking out in a dark, you know, grocery store, they just went to the grocery store. It's kind of dark outside. They might look behind them. They might look beside them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what if you're, like, on a stairwell coming down? Right. Are they looking like below are they looking above them right they you know you don't know it's mm-hmm. all around mm-hmm. so um you know people are are usually only focused on the what's in front of them right right like i said unless they're they're mm-hmm. on their phones right which is the worst thing you yeah. can do by the way um yeah. so just for for everyone listening the worst thing you can do if you are out walking around by yourself is be on your phone because you look like somebody who could be victimized pretty easily because you have no situational awareness at that point yeah. and so and i love yeah. it when they have their ear pods oh on too that's gosh. even better yeah <laughs> it's even better okay you know what's Sorry. awesome though you called them ear pods and forever my son made fun of me for saying that the oh. AirPods. <laughs> is that it is that like, mom, that a- stop that. It's not called an ear pod. It's called is, an AirPod. Is that a Gen Z thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so I call them whatever I want to call them, and my son makes fun of me constantly. You think that comes out of the little things that are... The little the, things yeah. stuck in your ear. <laughs> so, um, okay, so tell me, who influences you? When I think of, um, especially like during this time of year, you know, and um, just the holidays and special events and stuff yeah. like that. Obviously, I spent a lot of time away from my family, right? Um, you know, and I, I'm not going to say it's like sacrifice, you know, necessarily, but it's sure. something that I wanted to do, and I wanted to do it for my community, and I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, but I did miss stuff. Yeah. You know, and so, and I knew that going into it, like I'm not, you know, yeah. but at the same time, I think of the girls and the and the guys that are you know overseas mm. and they're on long you know stents out there yeah. or um there's you know single mothers yeah single dads you know mm-hmm. that are um they're working you know maybe two jobs three jobs you know just to make ends meet to support you know their kids but at the same time that's also taking away from them yep um Absolutely. so for me it's somebody that it, it's all the people 
all mm-hmm. the people that are sacrificing in order to give up to maybe potentially the community or whatever they need to do in order to get by to yeah. give back to, you know, their kids, their community, you know, whatever it is that they, you know, see fit. Um, yeah. It's just, but that to me, you know, when, when you, like when you go to the airport, when you're flying out mm-hmm. or coming into and it says, you know, thank you for all the servicemen. You see that, you know, the kids, I mean, they're kids. I know. And they're, and they're <laughs> you know, greens coming, you yeah. know, from wherever they're coming from. And hopefully they're going to go see their families and, right. and maybe they're being shipped off though to another place. And, yeah. um, you know, all the nurses that are working and, and, um, teachers and, you know, whatever it is, but those that are giving up something and put, sacrificing yeah. you know in order to do what they need to do to survive and get by mm. that's the people that that influence me yeah that's you know? i totally respect that so. absolutely yeah i think about them a lot as well so we we don't do enough for yeah. for our service people you know whether it's law enforcement nurses mm-hmm. i guess the firefighters too yeah. i guess <laughs> <laughs> but no we uh, we don't do enough for them yeah. you know they they put so much on hold yes. to protect our communities and yeah. uh, we need to be more grateful to them so tell me a little bit more about threat threat like insider threat assessment right so tell me when you're in your job right you're you're 9 to 5 like i'm doing insider threat assessment sounds where weird. the i know right <laughs> that like sounds weird. you you transitioned from law enforcement to private sector. How yeah. weird was that? Oh, it's still, I mean, it's still new. So it's still really? kind of weird. <laughs> it's, but my main thing was obviously I can still teach yeah. and instruct in the yeah. academies. Like my mm-hmm. uh, my big thing now is to give back to the 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 ones that are coming up through the ranks. And yeah. like, you know, that's my goal. And, I, and thankfully, I still get to do that and instruct them because, yeah. you know, the knowledge needs to be passed on. Right. To, right. And we just, we need all of it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. in today's society. So, For sure. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a little bit of a transition. Um, I work, though, it hasn't been as hard of a transition. Um, so mm-hmm. I started, obviously, with um, Group 9, Risk Consulting. Yep. And so I'm still doing consulting with them. Right. So that was – they gave me a great opportunity yeah. in order to kind of get into the front door, see what security was all about in the, in the corporate field. And really, when I went to GSX, it was kind of – you know, the question was posed to me, see what's out there. Yeah. And see if this is something – like you could – leave law enforcement and see see yourself doing this in the future okay and because it might not be your thing you yeah, know yeah, it might yeah. not be your shtick you know right. and so um yeah it, and and it was very eye-opening how security and law enforcement really um there's a bridge to be gapped there yeah and really there's just so so the security field you know they have so many cool neat you know advances that police Forces may not have mm-hmm. because they don't have, you know, they don't have the the money t- typically. Sure. I mean, let's just, you know, call yeah. it for what it is. Um, but they can coincide. Yeah. And so I love that. I'm going to a conference uh, as uh, next Friday. And it's kind of that same, the the LEO and the security field, mm-hmm. you know, bridging the gap and, and, mm-hmm. what, and all the different topics. And I'm very curious as to what's going to transpire from that and what I can – learn from and bring back to, you know, even mm-hmm. my own company. Um, but so, yeah, so I got into it through the consulting and then um, this lovely gentleman uh-huh. <laughs> uh, um, decided to reach out to me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn has been 
amazing as right. far as networking. Oh, 100%. oh my goodness. Never yeah. would I have ever thought. Right, right. <laughs> and um, kind of, you know, said, hey, we have this opportunity. Yeah. Do you think that this would be something like up your alley? It was still investigations. Uh, I it wasn't anything financial, so I was like, okay, let's still, let's check yeah. this out. <laughs> yeah. So um, the guys in the group, it was, it's a very small family, mm-hmm. um, and I had been missing that for so long. Yeah, I had yeah. been missing that, aka brotherhood, mm-hmm. um, for so long. And mm-hmm. um, they also are all retired military yep. operations guys. Yep. So. It's not like it was that far from what I had kind of come from. I I could still talk the lingo, still, you know, still be myself. um, Sure. And the guys have been nothing but supportive, amazing, and it's very close-knit. So I really got lucky, and I have the best of both worlds now. Yeah, and. I'm learning so much from, you know, group nine, mm-hmm. from, you know, my corporation now and the guys within it's, I can still instruct and yeah. get to do podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> yes. So. Well, and I love that you are out there kind of putting your, you know, putting your talents in multiple places, because I think that that's where you really kind of grow holistically, right? Because if you're just, you know, like I I run the security company, but, you know, doing this podcast has really filled a whole other passion of mine, which is kind of elevating women and, you know, promoting women who are doing awesome things, right? So, um, but I think the more you do along those lines of like, you know, kind of speaking to each one of your passions, yeah. it really, it makes you feel more whole. Yes. Right. I, uh, I definitely was in a place where I was, I was missing something. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it, this, you know, divine intervention mm-hmm. and it just, you know, and all the pieces fell in the right place and yeah. all the people that I've been meeting, it's just, it's really solidified. Yeah. Everything that I've been doing up until now. And, and I really feel like now I'm coming into my own more than I've ever. Right. And it's funny because, you know, when you're in your 20s, you're like, oh, I got to get it done. I got to accomplish this. I got to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, I don't know if my right frontal lobe wasn't completely <laughs> developed <laughs> or what, but, but now it's starting to close. I right, got right. It, you know, and I'm like, okay, I can do this. This mm-hmm. is, this is fulfilling to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a different, um, it's, you know, they, my new coming of, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it may be. So, yeah. So where are insider threats coming from? Like what, where, what are you typically investigating? Is it cyber? Is it, Fraud is it so theft? You're an insider threat. Uh-huh. Oh, am I? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Legit. <laughs> so, uh, so you can be an insider threat, right? Right. Yeah. If you if you were an employee, mm-hmm. you know, then right. I would I would be I would look at you. <laughs> <laughs> you look pretty sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're like, what is she up to today? Uh-huh. No. Um. Yeah. So, like, what is an insider threat? I mean, it is. It's the in the insider employees right, right, right. of the company, right? Yeah. So um, those are the ones that are they're going to take down a company either yeah. inadvertently or, you know, advertently, like the, sure. wittingly or unwittingly. Right. So, um, but people don't always know that. You yeah. Know, they don't know what they're doing on their computer half the time. Trust me, I know. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> technology. It's, yeah. It's, it's yeah. beautiful and also destructive. Yeah. Well, um, and, you know, I've got to make sure that when we give laptops out, they're, they're locked down. You're not like, you know, getting on all of our billing systems in the middle of Starbucks. <laughs> right. Like, yes. Let's stay away from payroll right now. Yes. <laughs> Do yes. that at 
home when you're on a secure network. Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, simple things like that could potentially pose a huge yep. threat, right? And Getting that's on the a thing is Wi-Fi. like people don't understand all the intricacies within, yeah. you know, like their computer just it's hooked up. Maybe you're traveling with it. Yep. Going to a different, you know, in your VPN. I mean, it's just so many different things. And so yeah. it's usually not one incident. Um, it's usually multiple things. Mm-hmm. And it could be even somebody that um you know, gosh, there's so many. Uh-huh. Um, but I like, for instance, you know, you're you're traveling and um, you get on the wrong network. That network ends up like getting hacked and then they get into the systems and stuff like that. So that's like an inadvertent, you know, they yeah. they didn't. They should have known. Right. It was, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We had a situation where, um, oh, it was so bad. So we had a guy who had given a girlfriend a phone that that he did not log out of all the way. And then uh, they broke up. Oh, no. She got mad, went into all of his work uh, <laughs> systems, oh. which were my systems, by oh. the way, oh. and hacked in and created all kinds of um, chaos for us. Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, so she got she got prosecuted, but um, but just know that you know it was again one of those things where he didn't even think about it, right. like it wasn't even a concern yep. when everything was good. It's when things turn bad yes. or things people get desperate that that things can turn pretty ugly pretty quickly. And that's one thing. It's like, you know, we have different behaviors mm-hmm. um, and triggers that we look for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people, if they're stuck in a bad financial situation oh, yeah. and yep. also their job is on the line, yep. you start to now obviously remote working has definitely put a little kink in that because we're right. not face to face now being able to see your demeanor, your mannerisms, what's right. normal, what's not normal. Right. But um, that's why insider threat stuff is usually proactive mm. and try not to be as reactive. Right. But you have to have certain things in place in order to actually do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and that's up to the companies. Companies, I think, are getting more on board with understanding that they need to be proactive in t- right. today's society uh, more so than ever. Sure. And not be reactive. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because once you're chasing something, it becomes a huge distraction. Oh, it does. Yeah. So, and yeah. it can definitely cost a company a lot of time, money, energy, mm-hmm. you know, resources. It's kind of insane of yeah. how bad it can get. Absolutely. So on behalf of women who are out there in the world doing, you know, going about their daily lives, what can they do? I know you, you're you're huge into, you know, defense and protection and, mm-hmm. you know, teaching self-defense. What are three things you would advise women to do while they're out and about in their world? Just like on a daily? Yeah. 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 Be, be cognizant of, of their, like, of their surroundings. Yeah. Most importantly, mm-hmm. um, I think that having like, like for instance, like, you know, yeah, I can carry a gun. Yeah. But if you don't know how to access it, uh-huh. then, at, you know, then you, um, you, you're at a loss of like, you know, right. You're, you're still exposed. Right. Right. So right. I think that you need to take classes Mm-hmm. There are there like we have a at our jiu-jitsu um, gym we have a women's self-defense class every Saturday. Yep. Um, and I th- and it's free. Yeah. So yeah. there are things out there that every female can do. It's just being having the drive to do it. Yeah. You know? But yeah. I definitely think that you should have awareness. Mm-hmm. Have an escape plan. Yeah. Always. Yeah. 
Um, and always. then always have, you know, some kind of a, you know, something on your keychain or your keychain in your hand. Um, but carry yourself with confidence. That's a big factor, isn't it? Yes. Because I think that's one reason that, you know, typically, and, and one thing that I always advise people of is make eye contact. Mm-hmm. When you're out walking around, make eye contact with the stranger that's walking, you know, mm-hmm. towards you. Because if they know that you've seen them, oh, yeah. they're less likely to victimize you because mm-hmm. you can describe them, yes. right? But oh, if yes. you're, you know, head down in your phone, looking away, afraid to make eye contact, yes. all day long, you're screaming victim, right? Oh, 100%. And so, like, you have, I, I make eye contact, I'll say hi to them, like, I'll let them know I'm not afraid. It can be, you know, whatever time at night. It doesn't matter. But confidence, right? Like, yes. it's about confidence. It's it about, is. like, you know, if you pick on me, I'm going to fight back. Yes. You know, it's giving that giving that perception of I'm not going to be a victim tonight. Yeah. So. Well, it's like if, you know, you see something that looks, you know, mousy, so to speak. Yeah. You know, kind of slunched mm-hmm. over, um, you know, kind of shifty eyes, not really, mm-hmm. like, wanting to make eye contact. Um and then, then you see the person, you know, the female that's, you know, sh- striding along. Yeah, like, and yeah. She's, you know, chest is up, held, you know, head is high. She's making eye contact. Which right. one are you going right. to say? Who, who can I potentially make a victim? Right. Exactly. You know, so. Yeah. I, I know. I tell that to people all the time, especially young girls who, you know, are on their phone all the time. I'm yeah. like, please don't be on your phone when you're walking in your, you know, in the parking lot to your car. Please yeah. don't do that at night. Yeah. Please don't, you know, be distracted or afraid to look at people. Like, look them dead in the eye and say hi to them. There's, um, It's going to throw them off. Yes. And there's, I say also, even in your own apartment complex, mm-hmm. like the parking decks. Oh, yeah. Are a big um, target area. Yeah. And a lot of times you're like oh i feel safe because it's your apartment deck but anybody typically can get in there right and always have your keys out first look look around Mm. people are hiding behind cars you don't know yeah so um yeah and a lot of them unfortunately don't have cameras either so yeah you have to always take that into a factor and say well and even if you see a camera it doesn't guarantee that that sucker's working (laughs) that is especially in certain areas yeah Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that's the other problem is that there's a lot of great technology out there but you actually have to maintain it yes (laughs) that might yes that might cost too much money (laughs) but i think the lawsuit that might ensue might be a little bit more Mm -hmm. you know absolutely yeah (laughs) so so um so one of the questions that i always ask is as women we give our power away all the time right so speaking of you know being powerful when you're walking and confident when you're walking so tell me about a time that you gave your power away whether it was giving credit to somebody else or letting somebody kind of dictate what what was going to happen or you know just tell me about a time and you're a pretty strong woman and you know kind of you know people say that oh you're a strong woman i bet you've never done that we do it all the time i think in our lives it's just it's something we do we do and um so i'll start off by saying that when i was growing up i wanted to have my my dad's attention you know Uh you know i think a lot of a lot of little girls do sure um but i wanted you know my dad's attention so i did all like the boy stuff i don't have any siblings so yeah you know i was like okay we're gonna you know play ball we're going to you know wash the truck um, we used to work on kit cars together. Oh, cool. I like tinkering around. Like, I like sure. figuring things out. So it's not that I didn't like these things because mm-hmm. um, I did. Um, but at the same time, I think that that longing to have that um, 
that relationship and the yearning for attention yeah. um, from a, a male figure, yeah, it played a fact a factor into the like going into law enforcement and saying yeah. that I wanted to emulate specific guys that I mean I did respect them, you know, and they were sure. great leaders and stuff like that. But at the same time, I wanted to be them. Mm-hmm. I, and I did everything to like, you know, make it where, you know, you notice me, I went out for everything, I wanted to be the best, I wanted to, you know, I yeah. want to be the first, you know, whatever it may be, but I wanted to be them instead yeah. of being me. Right, right. And I don't know if that happens a lot with females in law enforcement. I think that yeah. it can go either way, um, sure. or I should say a different way, but for me, I wanted to prove something yeah, to them because I could be I could be up on on their level. You know, uh-huh. I could be them at one point in time in my career. Yeah, and that's not what I should have done. Right, right. Not saying that I didn't have some good times and I went through and I and I was able to get stuff that I wanted to get done and I had goals and aspirations. Not saying that they were theirs because they still sure. were mine, but I needed to make it my own. Yeah. So I think as far as that goes, that's kind of how I gave my power away. And I think that it's taken mm. me longer than I would have liked to say, okay, this is – I'm making this mine. Yeah. I'm coming into my own. And I have something worthwhile to give. Right. Yeah, yeah. And people are listening to me, not to what I've heard from 20 guys. Right, right. You know? <laughs> yes. But to me and what I have to say and my mm-hmm. own thoughts and feelings on on stuff, right? And – um, so it's, it's taken me a little bit longer, Yeah. but, um, and it made, it's made me who I am, you yeah, know, yeah, but at yeah. the same time it shaped me, but I, I definitely gave away my power to some extent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I get that because I think when we're, when we're younger, you know, we just want to be accepted and we don't really know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're trying to figure out who we are. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so we're like, well, I don't know who I am, but I like them. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I always warn, I warn girls um, of things like that. When I see a girl who, you know, she's dating this guy and he's really into cars. So she's really into cars. And then mm-hmm. she dates another guy and he's really into sports. So yes. she's really into sports. Yeah. And now like. In, like a chameleon. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you know, be you, mm-hmm. have your own interests, have your own. Yep. you know passions and i well and, and i think that like you for that yeah and i think that's unfortunately when i was you know and even now it's law enforcement females make up only 12 percent. oh wow so yeah. when i was coming up and there, it was probably even less wow yeah. so there was no really strong females to look up to and be like mm-hmm. and, and and have a mentor yeah so i think that's also a part of the problem you yeah. know and so there and for me now instructing and I, I'm trying to be that mentor. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we I was just instructing um and helping out the defense tactics class like yep. about a month or so ago. And there was the largest number of females in that class that I that's had seen awesome. to date. It was eleven females. Wow. Typically there's like three. Wow. That's awesome. At best. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yes, this yeah. is awesome. <laughs> right. So there was three guys. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was a gauntlet. Yeah. And we put them through this where physically they had to go through it. Yeah. And then um, at the very end, they actually have to do like defense tactic moves on us. So we, okay. we wear them out. Right. And right. then they have to try to get, <laughs> get like, you know, fight us, th- fight us <laughs> off. And so then they can keep going. Right. So and I love it, obviously. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, it's great. But I want to make sure, though, that they understand a female can be just as bad as a, a male out there oh, when yeah. you're fighting. Like yes. women can be dirty. Yes. <laughs> so, so I I went with all the women uh-huh. because I wanted to make a point that if you can't get me off of you and fight me, a man is going to be much harder. Yeah. And yeah. I want to see where you're at. Yeah, for sure. So it was very eye-opening for them. That's awesome. And it was so rewarding for me because uh-huh. they all came up to me. Even though it wasn't pretty. Yeah. And I know they got frustrated. Some of them yeah. got very frustrated. Yeah. But it was, I would rather you do he- break down now here mm-hmm. than out there. Mm-hmm. This yeah. hopefully will save your life. Right. But I love that they, every one of them came up to me and was like, what do you do? How do I go about my training? Like, what do I need to focus on? All these questions. And that's awesome. it was, the light bulb went on. Yeah. And I, to me, that's the best part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love that you are out there teaching women how to defend themselves yeah. and, you know, firearms. And we were talking before the podcast, you know, every everybody who's ever trained me how to use my firearm was a man. Mm-hmm. And it's it's different, like the grip and, you know, how it's, it's everything Your mechanics are going to be different. And so it's man's. hard. And mm-hmm. so they're trying to instruct me, like, why can't you do it this way? And I'm like, it doesn't freaking work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, trust me. <laughs> it doesn't feel right. It doesn't work. I cannot do it like Right. You know. Like, and, and so, you know, being a firearms instructor, like, you know, like, you know that mechanically, mm-hmm. the way we carry a firearm and and the mm-hmm. way we hold and the way we shoot is going to be slightly different. Mm-hmm. And not that we, you know, can't be as accurate or can't be as good at it, yep. but like a concealed carry for me. Like I have a permit to be, you know, to carry concealed, yeah. but finding a gun that you can't see when mm-hmm. I'm wearing it is pretty darn hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And one that also doesn't like dig into like your stomach. Or right. Your yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. you know, it's not as easy as, as it is for a guy. And yeah. so there are all these factors to take into mm-hmm. consideration when you're trying to select a gun mm-hmm. and having a female help you figure that out yeah. is, is, very important. Yes. So, you know, because I, I go into a gun shop and, uh, you know, all these guys are like, oh, this one's great to carry. And I hold it and I'm like, this weighs like a freaking child weighs this much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I can't carry this. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so it, it's very different. But um, so what advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? I think I would say to my 18-year-old self. <laughs> Probably from 18 to like 25. No. Um, (laughs) Yesterday. Yeah. yeah. That was yesterday. How'd you know? (laughs) Thank you. Um, um, I would tell myself, though, to slow down. Yeah. I would tell myself to slow down that I have so much time. Right. Even though you don't think you do. And you – and I always say, you know, life is short. Right. You never know what's going to happen. Like, that's my motto. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, especially in today's society. Yeah. But – but you have time mm-hmm. and to 
don't rush into everything. You don't have to do everything right this second. You don't? Wait. I know. You <laughs> I'm know. so confused. I know. As you're like, as you're coming in with like five bags and like multitasking, like. <laughs> so confused what yeah. happened here. I feel like this is life yeah. coaching right now. <laughs> okay. Um, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> so that's phase two. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I, I have a very hard time. And even now, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll rush around and do all the things that I, I need to get done. And yes, and it can, and some of the things like, I don't have to clean the refrigerator right now, you know, like I could yeah. take time to actually go and spend time with my friends or, right. you know, my family or yeah. whatever, like the fridge is fine. It'll, right, it'll right, wait. Right. But I think that really just, it's, it's okay to let go. It's yeah. okay to let go. Mm-hmm. It's That's- okay to just be. Yeah, I know. That's really tough. But yes, I got it. I used to. I think I think part of the reason why I'm divorced is because for the longest time, every time we would go on a trip somewhere, the night before I'd be shampooing the carpets. <laughs> My husband, what the hell are you doing? It's okay. I'm I, like, listen, I I, I, it's going to dry while we're gone and it's just a good idea. He's, you're shampooing the carpets at two o'clock in the morning. We have a six a.m. flight. It totally makes sense. And I'm like, that but, makes sense. But I don't understand. <laughs> What's the problem? That makes sense. You know, it's com- anyway. that's common sense. Yeah, See, so I would totally be on board. One hundred percent, right? <laughs> so, again, this is why I don't have a marriage. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I it's do fine. My way. Um, <laughs> His loss is fine. It's all good. It's all good. So, what do you wish more people knew? I wish more people would probably stop and and think about who, like who they're interacting with because uh-huh. you don't know who you're actually interacting with. You yes. could think that they could be a bum on the street, and guess mm-hmm. what? They're a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. The for ones sure. that are true millionaires, yeah, you they, can never tell. You don't know who they mm-hmm. are, but you also don't know who's going through stuff. Right. And I think for me, people don't take enough time to. To stop and be like, well, why are they acting like that? Yeah. Like, is it really like an interaction between me and you or is it because yeah. there's something more to what's going on behind the scenes? Yeah. But you yeah. just – I used to – in my patrol car, uh-huh. I used to drive around and – Think of scenarios. Uh-huh. Maybe it was a mind control thing. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I was trying to envision myself there in some of these nice houses, you, you know, and what my life would be like. Um, but <laughs> it didn't. It, I mean, it, it sort of worked out. Did it I mean, work? I'm, I'm in a house. <laughs> See? It's not like a there you know go. a million dollar house. Um, I do have a roof over my head, so that's there good. Go. Um, but I would try to envision what. Family live there. Yeah. What yeah. goes on behind the scenes? What mm. do they do for a living? You yeah. know, do they have kids? What do they do? Like, what is their family like? You know, yep. just all these different things that would come to my head that I'm like, because you would think that some of these houses you look at, right? Yep. That everything is picture perfect with them. Yeah. Well, especially if you look at the Facebook version of them, right? Uh, I call it facade book, <laughs> yeah, first off. Second off, I got off of it a long time ago uh-huh. because I just – yeah. It does. Does it matter? It yeah. shouldn't matter, yeah. you know. But yeah. I call it facade book for that. Yeah, reason. there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I would, um, you know, I would just envision stuff and and say, you know, even though what it looks like on the outside may not be what's actually going on on the inside, right? So I tried to. I think that everybody should take the time and because you never know who you're going to meet. Absolutely, you never know what they're going to be able to 
you know, you're going to be able to learn from them. Yep. You never know who you're going to help. And maybe it's in the end, mm-hmm. and it, like it could be years later that they end up helping you. Yeah, for sure. It's just, you just don't know. Yeah. And that's kind of the beauty of, of going through this process called life. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's so true yeah. because I, I'm the same way. Like you never know first impressions. Uh, you just never know who you're talking to, right? Mm-hmm. And so some people that I I thought were, you know, awful people when, until I got to know them, I'm like, man, she's really freaking cool, mm-hmm. you know, or like he's been really helpful. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's really tough. I agree. Don't judge a book by the cover. Mm-hmm. It's good. Well, this has been super fun. I've really enjoyed this. I'm so excited that we had a chance to do this finally. I know we've talked about it for <laughs> yes. a while, but um, thank you so much for thank being you. on the show. This has been great. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. So thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of Pretty Powerful Podcast. You can check out Amanda Bear on our website, and um, we will hopefully be talking to you again soon. But I look uh, to we'll it. be setting up some defense, you know, self defense courses for sure. So awesome! But thank you guys so much for joining us. I hope everyone has an amazing day. Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time. And until then, step into your own power.